Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and they have 18 amazing flavors. Go to BuiltBar.com to try yours. Also use the promo code LOCKEDON15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. We're on a six-game losing streak, and how many games have we lost in our last 10 or so games? We have a lot to discuss in this episode since we're about to play a three-game series against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and this is the final time we're going to play them this year. But you know what? I don't want to break down this game alone. Let's bring in Hunter from Locked on Penguins to help us out. So buckle up, guys. It's going to be a very fun episode. Your Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the Hockey Writers, Trey Matthews. And it's currently 2.12 a.m. Eastern Time, April 20th, 2021 at the time of this recording. And the New Jersey Devils have a game today and it's against the Pittsburgh Penguins. We are going to be playing them in a three-game series. And guys, we are on a six-game losing streak. So we dropped four straight games against the New York Rangers. We couldn't snag not one win against them so that was really frustrating so if you missed the last episode that I posted on Saturday I basically talked about the East Division once again and I do have to give a little bit of a spoiler alert for this episode we are going to continue to talk about the East Division but what do I mean by we well today's episode we are going to have a crossover with Hunter of Locked on Penguins this is the first time that he and I will be doing a crossover and we are just going to be talking about our opinions on our respective team and where we currently stand and as we all know the New Jersey Devils currently suck right now so we can't get anything going and anyway let me catch you guys up on some miscellaneous news and news that we will touch upon later this week as stories start to develop so obviously the first and uh, biggest news for the New Jersey Devils is the official signing of a three-year entry-level deal with Alexander Holtz. Now, if you need a refresher, we drafted him seventh overall in this past year's NHL draft, and he is coming from Sweden. I touched upon it, I believe, in the last episode where I said that Alexander Holtz was not returning to Team Sweden, like they released their roster, and he was nowhere to be seen. So I hinted towards the fact that the New Jersey Devils were close to signing him to an entry-level deal. I know Lindy Ruff was teasing it in some interviews. So here's the thing. Alexander Holtz is coming from Sweden, so he is going to have to quarantine for a few days before he reports to the Binghamton Devils. I believe that will come by Saturday based on the reports I'm seeing from Amanda Stein and others around the New Jersey Devils organization. And obviously, uh, there's some more news that we need to talk about. So Nolan Foote, the son of Adam Foote, made his NHL debut in the last game against the New York Rangers on Sunday. So yeah, I know, I know. We, we still lost and we still choked it away. But congrats to Nolan Foote for getting his first point in the NHL. It came at the hands of a Nico Heizer goal. So, you know, there's some positive takeaways to take away from that. Also, while we're on the topic of that game specifically, I need to talk about Marion Studenich. He got his first career NHL goal. So congratulations to Foote and Studenich for just trying to contribute the best way they can. And speaking of young guys, Tice Thompson was just uh, reported to have been sent down to the taxi squad for the New Jersey Devils. And quite honestly, I saw that coming a mile away. Like, I, I said it in the episode that I centered around him. And when 
uh, it was revealed that he would be joining our roster and making his NHL debut. I literally said, I don't know why we're rushing him. He's not ready. So it was clear as day that he was not ready to play in the NHL quite yet, even though he was able to get his first career NHL points rather quickly. I was a little skeptical about having someone, you know, straight out of college join our team right away. I just said he was not ready. I wish they hadn't rushed him, but I think he will uh, contribute sooner rather than later. But in the meantime, he just wasn't ready. So, you know, and, and that happens. And quite honestly, like I said, I predicted it. And, you know, that's another one of my predictions gone right. So before we bring in Hunter to do this crossover, let's get a couple live reads out the way, shall we? The first live read this morning comes from Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And they have 18 amazing flavors. Flavors. So you should go to BuiltBar.com to try yours. I love the flavors of Built Bar. They're just so diverse. There's just so many options to choose from and they are super healthy and it's great for the keto diet based kind of person. So you're probably thinking, wait, these bars are soft, chewy and 100% chocolate. Sounds like an unhealthy snack. That is not true. Built Bars are high in protein and just overall really healthy for everyone to try. So I have a couple of them before I hit the gym, before I hit school, whatever the case might be. Overall, I love Built Bar, and they just resent the promo code. So if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15, you will get 15% off your first order. So again, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15, and you will get 15% off of your next order. And now the second live read this morning comes from betonline.ag. So if you are a person who likes to take a risk, you need to go to betonline.ag to place your sports wagers. So uh, if you're not a sports wager kind of person, they also have a lot of other stuff, including stuff for reality shows. So, you know, if you want to know what happens in the next episode, or if you think you know what's going to happen, go to betonline.ag. And if you are feeling lucky, you know, just place your bets and remember to gamble responsibly. So if you go to betonline.ag, use the promo code locked on and you will get a 50% welcome bonus. So I am a big racing fan. So I love placing my bets on who I think will win the next NASCAR race. And obviously baseball has uh, gotten their season underway. The NHL is close to playoffs. The NBA is in the stretch drive as well in their part of the season. So it is a great opportunity to go to betonline.ag. Okay, now it's time to talk to Hunter as we are going to talk all things Pittsburgh Penguins and New Jersey Devils and see how both of our teams stack up. But I think we know how this series is going to turn out. Not trying to be a negative Nancy. I'm just being realistic. So uh, let's take it away with Hunter, shall we? And joining me for the first time on Locked On Devils, it's Hunter Hodes from Locked On Penguins. And for the first time, we are doing a crossover between our two shows. So, Hunter, how you doing? Not doing too bad, man. You know, the three-game series against the Devils this week, that'll be the final three times these two teams will play. And, you know, the Penguins definitely need these uh, six points if they can get them as you know, they're trying to solidify their playoff slot. How are you doing? Uh, well, I would be a lot better if we were winning, but I guess that's out of the realm of possibility for the New Jersey Devils because we're on a six-game losing streak, man. Six games, and we just got swept uh, in four games by the New York Rangers. We couldn't swipe not one game. We were so close to doing it on the last game, but came up empty, and we just choked at the end. And then um, going back to, uh, before the Rangers uh, series, we actually played you guys, and you you guys beat us. So you know, that there's that. So we're, we're on a six game losing streak. The last team we beat were the Buffalo Sabres, but is that even an accomplishment at this point? 
hey, you know, but Buffalo, to their credit, Buffalo is actually, um, they have not only beaten the Penguins in their last week, they beat, they went to Washington and beat them, and they took the Flyers out of the playoff race, thankfully, and they've also beaten the Bruins. So, you know, they're actually playing a little better, but, you know, still not that, I guess, big of an accomplishment. But, yeah, you guys are definitely uh, seeking some wins, though. You know, every time the Devils play the Penguins, I feel like, you know, they just drive the Penguins nuts for whatever reason it is. Um, you know, I'm sure that's going to happen in, in three, these three games this week, I'm sure. So, wait a minute. The Flyers are officially out of the playoffs now. Like, there's no chance they can uh, sneak in. If you look at, like, Dom's models and I think a couple others from Micah um, at Hockey Viz, it's basically like a 1% or 2% chance. I think their tragic number is about 13 last time I checked. So, it's very unlikely they get in. So while we're on that topic, let's look at the Mass Mutual East Division and see how teams are stacking up. I've been talking a lot about this in my show the past few episodes because the race is getting tight. Like there's little to no room to error to to mess up unless you're like the Capitals or the Islanders where, you know, you're pretty much solidified. But, you know, you you still got to worry about the Bruins. You still got to worry about the Rangers just a touch bit because the Rangers now just won four straight against the New Jersey Devils. So, you know, uh, the Capitals are 29, 13 and four with 62 points. The Islanders are 28, 13 and four with 60 points. The Penguins are 28, 14 and three with 59 points. The Bruins are 25, 12 and six with 56 points. The Rangers are 23, 16 and six with 52 points. The Flyers, as we just mentioned, 20, 18 and seven with 47 points. The Devils are 14, 24 and six with 34 points. And the Sabres are 12, 26 and seven with 31 points. So I was talking about it uh, just a little bit a few episodes ago where I said, it's very possible that, you know, you guys, it, barring any catastrophic meltdown, you could actually be out of the playoffs if you slip up. But how are you, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you in, in your team's ability just to say, I think we're good in the playoffs, and now it's just trying to improve where we're going to be standing? Probably about a 9.8, 9.9. You know, I'm not going to go a full 10 just yet. Um, yeah, sure, the Rangers are making it a little interesting. You know, they had to beat the Devils four times in a row. I wish they were playing some other team during that stretch. But, you know, I think they're going to face some tougher competition down the stretch here. The Penguins uh, won six of eight games against them. So that's a big help for why they're still seven points up on them as of this recording with 19 days to go until the end of the regular season. Um, I'm still, like I said, I'm about 98, 99% sure the Penguins are going to get in the playoffs, bearing an unforeseen collapse where they basically just lose nine of their last 11 games, 10 of 11, 8 of 11, something like that. Um, their schedule is very favorable. Um, seven of their last 11 games are at home. They have been one of the top three to five best teams at home this season. They hardly ever lose at PBG Paints Arena. So um, it's mainly just they're jockeying for seating, I think, right now. If they can get home ice, that's obviously huge, With like I said, with how great they are at home. Uh, Matchups-wise, you probably want one of the Islanders or the Capitals just because of how the Bruins always seem to have their number. But, you know, what I'm looking for these last 11 games is, you know, improve defensively, continue to get good goaltending, and most of all, just get the reinforcements back. I think that's really the main thing going into the playoffs because they will not uh, be that true contender that I know they can be if they don't get Evgeny Malkin and Kapanen back um, before the end of the regular season and then you know potentially Brandon Tanev back before the playoffs. So you're talking about good goaltending, and you might actually get that because New Jersey, uh, we got shut out uh, in four games against the Rangers. We got shut out twice and back-to-back 
thanks to Shasurskin, and we made him look like, you know, he, he, he's a rookie. We made him look like he's been in the league for, like, years on end. Like, you know, you, you know what I mean? Just, like, overall, we, we, he's a rookie, and yet we still made him look good. So, so it's just like, I think you're going to get that against New Jersey because uh, we're, we're at this point, what New Jersey is just trying to do, we're just trying to do a lot of experimental work. So uh, recently we just called up Nolan Foote, who's the son of Adam Foote. And, uh, you know, he got his first point uh, in the NHL uh, thanks to Heizer scoring a goal and he was uh, credited with the assist on it. So I, I think for New Jersey, we're, we're just trying to experiment with a lot of things and what comes with just experimenting just overall comes with a lot of just flaws and mishaps. And overall, we, we, we don't know what we're doing right now. I, all I know is, is that uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but in one of the games that we played against you guys, I believe it was the game in which you came out victorious by a score of six to four on April the 9th. Uh, I, I said, keep an eye on Hughes, Quokinen, and Sharon Govich, because that was the top line at the time for the New Jersey Devils. And they were playing really well. So, like, as you remember, six to four, it was a high offensive kind of game. And uh, Hughes was able to score. Sharon Govich was able to score. And um, mm-hmm. overall, the New Jersey Devils, just, just in that two-game series, it looked like that Sh- Sharon Govich and Quokinen and Hughes were just playing together as a team. But overall, you know, it, it can't just be those three guys. And recently I saw that Jack Hughes was trying to create opportunities for his teammates but it, it, it just comes up empty. Like they, they just can't generate anything to go right for them. So I, I, I'd say for you guys, I, I, I think you guys, this is going to be a very easy series for you guys to win. Like I, I, if you guys even lose once, I'm going to be very stunned at this point. It's not me trying to be a negative Nancy. It's just me just being realistic at this point. So obviously, you know, you got Gensel. He has six points in the last five games. Uh, three of them are goals. And then Crosby has four assists. And right now for the Devils, uh, Subban has actually been carrying uh, most of the load the past five games or so for us because he has four points in the last five games, two of them goals, two of them assists. So uh, overall, what, what do you expect from like Gensel or Crosby to do in this series? Because obviously they're the ones who have the bit of the hot streak for your respective team. They should be able to carry that load. The top line, I feel like, has been really good. Um, Gensel, Crosby, and Rice. They had a bit of an off day against Buffalo on Sunday. But I remember um, against New Jersey in those two games, they were just feasting on whatever um, four-line defensive pair combination that came out against them. It just really wasn't even fair, to be honest with you. Um, And, yeah, you know, I I would be also a little stunned if the Penguins did drop one of these three games. But, you know, on the other hand, I wouldn't be that surprised just because for some reason – um, the Devils give them fits. Don't really know what it is that just drives the Penguins crazy. I mean, even in that six to four game, that was, I think, a five to two game for quite a while until the Devils actually almost tied it at the end just because the Penguins basically stopped skating. Um, there's another one that I feel like really could get going in that game, and that's the line with Jeff Carter, Jason Zucker, and Jared McCann. I mean, Carter's been kind of a relevation rele- since coming over from Los Angeles. His expected goal share is around 67%. In the three games, um, his course he shares about 66%. So he's doing really good. You know, the, the production has not been there yet. He only has one point, but I feel like that's coming soon. And I feel like that line can create some really big mismatches against the Devils. Um, but I've really enjoyed watching overall with New Jersey, Jack Hughes, just his ascension. I feel like he's going to have a Nathan McKinnon mini breakout at some point in his career. It might be next year. Just got to give him some help. Um, 
I know I'm sure you've talked about this on your show, you know, not having Nico Heeshear there um, for part of it, I think stings well as well, just because he's a great force defensively, especially um, Sharon Govich has been fun to watch. Um, another player I know we haven't mentioned yet, who I really like watching on your team, Ty Smith. Um, he's a player and I really like him on your back end. Oh man. What more can I say about Ty Smith? I've, I've talked about him a lot on my show and just, he was yeah. a diamond in the rough, just a huge diamond in the rough. And Overall for Ty Smith, he, he's carrying our defensive unit. You would think that it would have been like P.K. Subban or uh, to begin the year would have been Votnin because I was so excited when Votnin resigned. And unfortunately, it just didn't work out. And uh, or maybe even Ryan Murray, the former second overall pick of, from a few years ago. I, I thought it would be one of those players carrying our, our defensive line. But no, it's actually Ty Smith, the rookie, because he's been He's been so much fun to watch. And I don't know if you know this or not. Ty Smith was he's actually one of the top uh, scoring players in the NHL's rookie class right now. Like he he Mm -hmm. is he is just doing so amazing in the Mass Mutual East Division. So uh, I don't think he will win the Calder Memorial Trophy. I think that's pretty much out the window because it's just I I said in order for Ty Smith to have a legit uh, case to to maybe win that Calder Memorial Trophy, the New Jersey Devils were going to have to make some noise because part of uh, winning the Calder Memorial Trophy is just being around a team that gets a lot of hype, has a certain narrative. But, you know, since the Devils are struggling this year, it, it kind of takes the narrative out of question because it, people will just look at it and just say, oh, Ty Smith is getting all these big numbers. However, you know, someone on the team has to get those numbers. So, uh, I think for Ty Smith, he he's definitely been carrying uh, overall what what uh, New Jersey has been needing, and that he makes our rebuild even more exciting. So it, it's one of the things I'm excited for the New Jersey Devils because we have a lot of great young potentials. We just uh, signed Alexander Holtz to a three year entry level deal. Uh, I believe he will report report to Binghamton um, sooner rather than later, as soon as he um, clears uh, the the quarantine process because he is coming from overseas so I, th- I think that'll take some time but I'm looking forward to see what he'll do for the Binghamton Devils and Ty Smith this year 44 games played two goals 19 assists for a grand total of 21 points so what more can we say about Ty Smith but that kind of leads me into my next question is there someone on your team the Penguins that's been surprising you this season that's a good question you know in terms of surprising um you know I think I guess in a way Jared McCann a little bit he has 12 goals this year um, he ended last season um, with only one goal in his last 25, 26 games. His shooting percentage tanked below 5%. I think his shooting percentage this year is around 14, 15%. So um, it might regress a little bit, but he's turned into um, a more complete player this year. And I think someone that needs to be extended ASAP. Um, he's fit on, on wing, playing next to Vinny Malkin, Kasperi Captain, but now he's also fit in at center. Well, he was centering Jason Zucker, but now he's back on the wing as Jeff Carter is centering him and Zucker. And I feel like that line has been really good as well. These last three games. I mean, I guess if you want to go to someone else on defense, it's Cody CC. Um, what a signing he has turned out to be, you know, I think me and everyone else in the Penguins fan base uh, dumped on that signing for obvious reasons. He had not been good in Toronto and Ottawa, but if you plug him in at a third pairing role, you give him 10 to 12 minutes a night and you give him easy competition. Um, He'll turn out fine, and that's what he's done this season. He's actually, I think, led the team. Um, I think he, when he has had his pairing with Mike Matheson, um, I saw this a couple of weeks ago. I think they had the best 5v5 expected goals for numbers out of any defensive pairing, even better than the Dumoulin-Latang pairing. I think that's one of the best top pairings 
in the league. So um, the fact that what CC's been able to do at both ends of the ice is pretty uh, surreal. And I think he honestly deserves an extension as well, maybe a couple of years at around $2 million per or something like that. But I think those are the two main ones for Pittsburgh. Um, the goaltending has been much better the last six to seven um, weeks. I don't think it's too much of a surprise for Tristan Jari. We all saw this potential in him. But I guess with Casey to Smith, no one saw him um, being this good this season, especially with how he was in 2019 as the backup to Matt Murray. So if you want to include uh, three surprises, I guess you'd do that. But I think my main two, 1A, 1B, it's Cody Cece and Jared McCann. So it, it leads me – that also leads me into my next question. You talked about good goaltending for uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. So obviously you just uh, talked about Tristan Jari. And then obviously we got DeSmith, who, who, who has also seen some action against the New Jersey Devils this season. And you guys have seen Scott Wedgwood, who I think is surprising a lot more people as well because he hadn't played in an NHL game prior to this season in like three years. But the fact that he stepped up big time in, in Blackwood's absence really says something. Uh, goaltending has been a bit of an issue for New Jersey. So Mackenzie Blackwood, his overall record this season is nine, 15 and three uh, goals against average, uh, 3.1 save percentage of 900, only one shutout this season. And then Wedgwood three, six and three goals against average 2.82 save percentage of 907. And he actually leads the New Jersey devils in shutouts with two of them. So you, you would think that Mackenzie Blackwood would at least get a couple more shutouts, but obviously that doesn't happen uh, this season just because it's just been a struggle for him, especially since he got hit hard with COVID this season because um, he was one of the first uh, people to test positive for it. And uh, according to interviews, he actually, face like serious symptoms to the point where he, he just wasn't himself. And then when he came back, he just never was the same. So um, my, my overall question for you is what can the New Jersey devils, uh, I guess, do against Jari or, or DeSmith? Like what's going to make them crack? Because uh, we, like I said, we've played you guys, I believe five times this season. So the first time we uh, played you was uh, on March 18th when we won three to two. Then you guys came back a couple of days later, lost three to one, and then we were able to win two to one, but at least you got a point out of it. And then obviously we're on a six game losing streak. And the first team uh, that we lost to during that six uh, game span was the Pittsburgh Penguins, six to four, and then five to two the next game. Uh, what are you expecting from Jari and DeSmith in, in this series? If uh, one of them, if they split it or if they just uh, have two, one, whatever the case might be, well, what, what are you expecting from your netminders? I think it's mainly going to be um, Tristan Jari starting. Uh, well, I think he'll start in, in two of the three. Uh, definitely t- uh, Tuesday and Thursday. Then I think they're going to go to DeSmith on Saturday. And then uh, they have a back-to-back and they have Boston on Sunday. So I think they'll save Jari for that one. And in terms of Jari, uh, his play has been very consistent ever since, you know, mid well, I shouldn't say mid-January, early February, excuse me. Um, but I noticed a couple of cracks in his game the last couple of weeks is, Puck handling ability has not been the same. Um, usually this is someone who his puck handling abilities are well above average. Uh, the past few weeks, it has almost rivaled Marc-Andre Fleury's when he was here. And yes, I think Marc-Andre Fleury was absolutely brutal at playing the puck out of his own net in Pittsburgh. You know, just ask any Penguins fan, you know, was great in a lot of other games. And, you know, just obviously, is the, I think the greatest goaltender in franchise history, but was not great at playing the puck. And that's what I've also seen from Jari just coming out of his net at the wrong times um, has almost um, allowed a couple empty net goals. Uh, I say um, when coming out of the net, um, but otherwise I think his game has mainly been 
on point. There was a game, a goal, I think, on Saturday. Uh, I was going to touch on my episode today. What he probably would want back, it was the tying one, just was a little too aggressive, I thought, on it. So I think he just needs to be like not as aggressive at times and also just needs to be more careful at playing the puck. In terms of DeSmith, um, it's all about just being consistent with him. You know, he, his glove hand has been fine. Um, his lateral movement has been great. His pucking and mobility has been fine. There really aren't too many cracks in his game. It's all about, you know, can he sustain this level of play? Because his save percentage this year for a lot of the season has been around, you know, 922, 923. I think he was like top 10 in goal save above expected. Um, as recently, I think it's a few weeks ago, um, if you look at some goaltending stats. So um, they should play well. You know, there's a couple bad games against the Bruins, I think about a week and a half ago, and people were kind of jumping off the ship with the two goaltenders, and then they responded with uh, some really good games, especially against the Devils. So um, I- I'm curious to see how they do, but I think they should be um, pretty okay. So today's episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check that out. They won't be around for long, so find them now while searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. And if you are on the fence of proposing, trust me, dude, she'll say yes. So get on a knee and get her that engagement ring. So let's talk about like team stats and see uh, where do we stand amongst each other. So our numbers are like really, really low. So in terms of power play percentage, you guys are actually ninth in the league at 22.5% success rate in the power play. And we are close to dead last at around 13% for 29th in the league. So uh, overall, what can what can we expect from um, the Pittsburgh Penguins power play? I really hope that we do not put you guys into that situation. But, uh, you know, on the slight occasion that maybe we, we do, what are you expecting from your power play unit? The power play has been much better, um, especially in the last four to five weeks. Um, like you said, they got it to the top 10 in the league. It didn't look like it was going to do that uh, for the whole season, especially with how they started out for the first month. Um, they were like 26, 27th in the league. And that was with everyone healthy, um, mind you. So um, it was pretty bad. It was unacceptable. But Reardon has done some very solid work. Um, the puck movement has been much better. The zone entries have uh, improved greatly. And they're also just firing a lot more pucks to the net and getting the, to the, the puck to the high danger areas. You know, when they were struggling, they were overpassing in the offensive zone, like firing six to seven passes, hardly even shooting. Now it's about three passes and then a scoring chance on net. And then coupled with players in the high danger areas, just banking in the rebounds or, or honestly just getting passes to the high danger areas and putting the pucks in the net. That's, I think, been the main thing with the power play. It's definitely a power play you don't want to, um, test right now. Um, I think the other one, the, the Penguins penalty kill, is one that you definitely want to. If you definitely want, I think the Penguins to take penalties just because the PK has been bad all year. 
Um, I'm actually going to be talking about that more coming up in, the, in one of my episodes later this week. But it's just – it's a tire fire of a unit. Um, I could probably write a 200-page book about how many problems there are with it. But, you know, like I said, in terms of the power play, um, like I said, there's just so much better movement. Um, the passing is more crisp. And overall, they're just – they're getting to the high-danger areas and they're frustrating um, the opposing goalies, which they were not doing earlier on in the season. You could write a 200-page book on how uh, terrible your PK has been. Uh, try 400 because we're dead last in the league for, for <laughs> penalty kill. Like, you know, uh, you're, you're uh, 25th in the league at around 76.7%, and we are dead last at 702 So, yeah, I can understand your frustration on the penalty kill mm-hmm. because – I, I, I don't know if, if this is the same case for you. We look like a deer in headlights in the penalty kill. Like we, 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 they, they're able to collapse our defense with ease. We can never clear the puck down the other way of the ring to, to kill some time. And overall, we, 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 it, it just looks like it's five on four. And then when we're in the power play, you wouldn't think that we're the one in the man up advantage because we're, we're too passive. Like we, we pass the puck around. We don't really go deep into the slot area to get aggressive Overall, it, it, it just looks very weak and it's very frustrating. So I definitely get your frustration in that regards in terms of specialty team unit. And just overall, it, it, it's very, very, it, it's frustrating. Like, you know, I, I, I don't know what more I, I could say about it, but I, I definitely feel your pain in that regards because, you know, just, 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 it's terrible to have uh, the frustrating, uh, you know, specialty team unit like that, but at least you could say your power play is in the top 10 in the league. We can't say that either. So, you know, if you put us into a power play situation, don't expect us to do anything. We're not going to be aggressive. We're just going to be passing the puck around and you won't even realize that uh, we're we're the ones with the man up advantage. It'll it'll just look like it's even strength. Now, um, one person that I do want to talk about is actually uh, someone you might know. Mark Recchi, who's one of our assistant coaches now in Lindy Ruff's uh, coaching staff. So uh, what can you say about just Mark Recchi and what he's done for your organization? I mean, you know, obviously he was a great player, you know, one of the best players in this franchise's history. I, I, in terms of him as a coach, it didn't work out. The power play struggled for a lot of last Oh, season. my God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's was, the answer. There's yes. the answer. There's the answer. <laughs> okay. Uh, New Jersey Devils organization, we need to fire Mark Recchi. I, I thought I would never say that we need to fire him. Yes. He, it struggled a lot and you had two world-class hall of famers on that top unit. Hell you have the best defenseman in this franchise's history on that unit. And they were not scoring um, nearly as consistent as they were um, even this season. And I think honestly, the power play this season is just worlds better um, than the one last season. It helps that Todd Reardon is there to um, coach that unit, but Recky's best, power play unit came when Phil Kessel was like the main guy on it. And that was like 2017, 18. I think they had a top five power play that year, but you know, it obviously took a big hit when he was traded just because I think the power play went through him, but you know, you still can have a top five, top 10 power play in the league with, you know, like I said, two world-class hall of famers, the best defenseman in this franchise's history. And Oh yeah, you can put Jake Gensel on there who I think is one of the top five best goal scorers in hockey. And the fact that they couldn't even do that, I mean, that was grounds for his termination. Um, you know, the PK was also – the PK was better, but I still understood why they fired Jacques Martin. But, yeah, if if you want a good power play, um, I cannot recommend probably getting rid of Mark Recchi enough or just stripping him of power play duties and giving him other duties. 
You see, I really, uh, I really like Mark Recchi just because I believe he he provides that old school and also new school kind of mindset because he was the oldest uh, player to ever win a Stanley Cup championship. So you know, he he understands how the new system works and how you know uh, how we kind of got away from the clutch and grab era. So. Uh, I, I think that's how uh, Lindy Ruff just got his success, you know, early on in his coaching career was just because it was a different era of hockey. But now as era shift, you know, you, you, you see how different the game is played. Now players can't essentially touch each other. You know, of course, I'm over exaggerating, but players can't essentially touch each other without uh, the fear of going to the penalty box nowadays. So, you know, if, if, uh, if like Scott Stevens or Scott Niedermeyer, if they were playing in this era of hockey, they probably would have been banned from the league, quite honestly. You know, just just yeah, just, just based on how everything has changed so much in, in terms of aggressiveness. And that's what that was one of the things I was actually skeptical about uh, Lindy Ruff uh, coming to New Jersey is because he runs an adequate zone defense that just doesn't work in today's NHL. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why I feel as though there's been a lot of players this year who have just fallen out of just putting up the numbers that they could potentially put up, especially if you look at uh, what Nikita Gusev uh, was able to do in one season. Then the very next season, he's nowhere close to doing what he was able to do. That's why we had to waive him. And then, you know, with Zajek and Palmieri, yes, they were very good players. And I understand that some players just won't be the same, but you know, they, they were also kind of off the mark just a little bit. And that's why uh, ultimately I was just like, okay, we need to get rid of them before their trade value gets even lower. Didn't think it was that low, but you know, that's a discussion for another time, but overall I can understand, you know, uh, the frustrations that come with power play, but you know, here's our power play unit, Sharon Govich, he's your Quokinen, and then you got Hughes and Smith. And then, uh, you know, uh, for backup, Obviously, you know, we, we could have been way better, but, you know, we got Wood, Bovquist, Janssen, Severson, and Subban. So, uh, obviously, you know, it's very spread out in terms of, like, who could potentially get that power play goal. So, if, you know, for our top power play unit, it could come from uh, Hughes or Sharon Govich. Uh, Heizer is still trying to get back into the swing of things because Heizer, I don't even think, has played double-digit games this season. And, you know, he's been injured for most of the year. So, um, you, you know, just, just just things like that. So, Quokinen is a great passer, but, you know, uh, Ty Smith, also great passer. But overall, you know, I'm not going to expect getting goals from either one of those two. But I, I, I am expecting, you know, big things from both of them, if that makes any sense. And then obviously our second power play unit, little to nothing. So, you know, at least we have that excuse saying we have a lot of young guys who just need to blossom more versus you guys who had a lot of established players uh, that that could have done something but just didn't. So. I think that's just the frustration that comes with uh, being a New Jersey Devils fan is that things just don't work out in your favor, I guess. But overall, you know, it's it, it's all good. We'll, we'll we'll get there one day. But overall, my final thought is what do, what are your opinions on the Pittsburgh Penguins this season? Like, are, are you guys as good as you expected? Because I expected you guys to make the playoffs. And, and I just said, you know, you would probably, you know, be in the third or fourth position but now you're competing with the Islanders for that second position. And you're in, in, in very much. So if the Islanders have a bad series, which, which, you know, I'll check in a second to see who their next opponents are, but you know, a bad series from them and a good series against us for you guys. And you guys can just jolt into that second position. So uh, the, the Islanders have to play the Rangers and then the Capitals. So it's very, 
it's very possible that you guys are going to become the, uh, you know, in, in the second seed in the East division. So uh, are, are the Penguins better than you, what you expected? Did they uh, not meet your expectations or just right in the middle? Like what, 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 what are your opinions on your team this season? It's honestly right in the middle. I said before the season on my prediction uh, episode, I had them getting second. They're, they're not failing with me with that right now. They're, they're, I know they're only a point out, but I said they would compete for second. Yeah, I, that's actually one prediction that I got right this season. I'm not going to get old takes exposed for that. Um, oops. As for, I guess, the other parts of it, I, I didn't expect Cody CC to be as good as he's been. Um, John Marino's taken another good step after struggling. I didn't expect the goaltending to maybe be this good um, after struggling out of the gate. Uh, but I knew this was a playoff team. I, I saw some people picking against them to make the playoffs. You know, a lot of Philadelphia love, a lot of Rangers love. I, I didn't see it. And, you know, I, I also saw some people picking the Islanders not to make it. It's like, you know, bet against Barry Trotz at your own will. And, yes, you are right. The Islanders play the Rangers, I think, coming up. Then I think they have – a three-game set against the Capitals while that the Titans were playing their three-game set against the Devils. So the opportunity is there for the Penguins to not only make up ground on the Islanders, but to solidify some, themselves in that second-place position before they go to Washington. Um, I believe they play them April 29th and May 1st, and that will probably be for the East Division because after that, the Penguins only have two games left. Um, both of which are at home against the Sabres. So um, they're probably going to finish top three, I would think. I know Boston is starting to make a run. They've woken up a bit. They've gotten more healthy. You know, they've gotten um, away from their COVID situation. I know the Rangers are trying to make a little bit of a run. But um, as for the Penguins, like I said, they're right where I thought they would be at this point. I, I didn't think they would be a contender. But once they get some these players back, I really think they can roll four lines against any team in this division. Um, their defense has been very good. And if they continue to get strong goaltending, um, they can beat any team in a seven-game series in this division. I truly believe that. It's what, it's what comes after that that I'm skeptical about. Do I think they can beat Tampa in a seven-game series? Probably not. Same with Colorado. Same with Vegas. Um, Toronto or whoever comes out of the North, I think the Penguins could beat that team in a seven-game series. But – as for those other divisions, I'm not so sure the Penguins can win a seven-game series against that. But I think their ceiling right now is getting to the Stanley Cup semifinals when they're fully healthy. Well, if it makes you feel any better, you certainly could beat us in a seven-game series. <laughs> it, you know, we, we could pretend that we're a playoff team for a second. But, you know, yeah, it's going to be very exciting. And I wish you guys the best. And overall, this is probably going to be another long series for the New Jersey Devils. I'm just hoping that we can – swipe just one of those games against you guys or, or send it to OT shootout, whatever the case might be just to get a point uh, back because it, it's been a while. It's been a while since we've got a point you would have to go back to the beginning of the month, essentially when we beat Buffalo, but even then we split and uh, it, it's just been a long hectic road for the New Jersey devils because uh, in, in our past like uh, 10 or, or so games, we have one win and then uh 10 losses so so you know it's been a struggle right now and and i i can't remember the last time in which we won like two games in a row and i think i would have to go back to march for that so it's definitely frustrating <laughs> and it hasn't gotten any easier since uh trading away zay jack and paul mary but overall i know i know what the new jersey devils are just trying to do i think just trying to give the young guys a chance uh Keep an eye out for foot because I think he might have just a little bit of something in the tank to prove this season. 
Um, you know, I, I hope that uh, we could just get the chance to just, I guess, get just some goals on the board because I'm tired of getting shut out, quite honestly. Even though we've scored six goals in our last two games, it, it doesn't make up for the fact that we got shut out by Shasur Skin not once but twice in a row, and that was his first two career shutouts. So it, it, it does not make that any better. But overall, let, let's see how the series goes, Hunter, and uh, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm excited to see how the Penguins respond during these three games after um, kind of getting embarrassed by Buffalo on Sunday. And, you know, we'll see if the Penguins can take all six points and really solidify themselves um, in a playoff spot. But, yeah, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. If, if it makes you feel any better, most of the wins from the Sabres this year were at the hands of the New Jersey Devils. At one point, if they would have beaten us one more time, we would have given them half of their wins. So if it makes you feel any better. Yeah, <laughs> it, does. it has been so weird to see how those two teams um, in the bottom of the division, just when they play each other, it just seems like a circus. So I'm going to have to tune into more of those games if there are any. And no one would blame you. I mean, with the way how we've been playing the last six or so games, I wouldn't blame anyone for not tuning into the New Jersey Devils game either. But anyway, uh, so thank you to Hunter for joining me on Locked on Devils for this awesome crossover. And let's just see what the New Jersey Devils could do in this series, guys. Listen, it's going to be a limp to the finish line, if we're being completely honest. At this point, Lindy Ruff and the entire coaching staff, they're just going to be experimenting with uh, different young guys and different uh, rotations. So just expect a lot of growing pains as we're just trying to get past the finish line. So I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. As you guys know, I am a big supporter of the youth movement that's happening in New Jersey right now. I can't wait until we bring up Alexander Holtz. I can't wait until uh, Nolan Foote starts to hit his stride a little bit. So, you know, let, let, let's just uh, take this slowly but surely. Obviously, I already talked enough about the top line. And hopefully Heizer is getting his uh, feet underneath him. Obviously, he scored a goal in the last game. So, uh, you know, let's just take everything into consideration. P.K. Subban has been on a bit of a roll. Ty Smith, like I mentioned in the show, is fun to watch. So we just got to take it one game at a time. But anyway, that's all the time I have for you guys today. Thank you for listening. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. I will catch you guys in the next episode. Go Devils!